Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Let's go to God in prayer before we dig into the Word this morning. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share this morning with those of like faith, those who have made it a point to be here today, who are looking for a renewal, who are looking for a newness in life. And I pray, God, that as we study from this story, that you will give us a new way of seeing things, a new way of opening our eyes and seeing you and following you every day and everywhere that we go and where you go, God. Bless us, open our hearts, allow your spirit to convict us, and allow that conviction to turn into change in our life. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles back up to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, we will start uh, in this story in verse 35 and we will work through some things together. Jesus is, is journeying on the way to Jerusalem. Do you know what Jesus is on his way to do? What's fixing to happen to Jesus when he gets to Jerusalem this particular time in his life? He is going to be, starts with a C, going to be crucified. Jesus is on his his last kind of journey, if you will, and his last kind of moments of interaction with people and with different situations. Uh, when he gets to Jerusalem, it's, his focus, you see that focus, very much shift and become a lot more intense into what he has to accomplish when he gets into this point in his life. But as he's coming through Jerusalem, he's, he's, he's walking kind of on the outside, the outskirts, of the city, and as he's walking by, he hears a guy that starts yelling. And this yelling is coming from a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And they have this great exchange. And we're going to talk about that exchange this morning. Let's start in verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting on the roadside begging. When he heard the crowds going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That brings us to our first thought this morning. Faith is hearing and believing even when you can't see. Faith is hearing and believing even when you can't see. I love the Hebrew writer's definition of faith. I love it more so from the King James than any other translation. Faith is the evidence of things what? And the finish it for me. The faith of the faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the of things not seen. I'll get it kind of figured out there here in just a second. But what I love about that is if you take out a bunch of words, you end up with these words. Faith is substance and evidence. Faith is substance and evidence. Faith is the substance in your life that people see that proves that there is a God. It is the evidence of God. We should be living our way that is proof that there is a God who exists. Faith is not just seeing something and believing in it. If that is the case, then we could not have faith in God because we don't see God. This blind man, this blind man, Barnabas, never could see Jesus. He never could see Jesus. But as, as many people who have different deficiencies in their senses, when one sense goes away, what usually happens to the others? They're usually heightened. They're usually, uh, in tuned a little bit more. And I love the fact that it says that he heard that something was going on. When he heard the crowd going by, 
He asked what was happening. He couldn't see that something different was going on. He couldn't see that there was a different vibe, a different kind of atmosphere in the community that day, but he could hear it. He could hear the buzz. He could hear the excitement. He could hear what was going on. And so he turns to the left or to the right or whoever's around him, and he says, hey, I can't see what's happening. What's what's this stuff that I'm hearing? And someone goes, this Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And oh, I, th- I think he got a little bit excited. I think he got a little bit excited because he he speaks up and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He had never seen Jesus do a miracle, but I'm sure he had heard about the miracles of Jesus and he had probably thought if I ever run into this guy, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if he can heal me as well. So Jesus is there and he believes that there's something different about this man. This man's just not here to uh, this man's just not here to pass through town in his mind this man's here to do something special in my life and that is still true today Jesus is here to do something special in your life if you have the faith to allow him to do those things amen so the first thing we see from our passage this morning is faith is hearing and believing even when you can't see. We keep on going. You must resist people who hinder your spiritual progress. Let's keep going in our text. Verse 39. Those who led the way. I want you to let that little part sink in for a second as we kept going. Those who led the way. Who were they in front of? Who were they leading? Jesus. This is his entourage. This is his caravan. If you The people that are following Jesus, that, that are doing the good works of the Savior right along with Him. Okay? Those who should have been reaching out to others and drawing them nearer to Christ, right? No, no, no. Those who led the way, what did they do? Rebuked Him. They rebuked Him and told Him to be quiet. They rebuked Him and told Him to be quiet. There are two places, there are two places that naturally we face opposition in our faith. The first one is from outside spiritual sources. When I say spiritual, I mean non-church sources. People who are not Christian. People who just don't like Christianity. We call that persecution, right? We call that persecution. Those things are obvious. Those things are expected. Listen, if you're living your faith based on your hearing and believing, you're going to face opposition from outside sources. But I'm going to tell you what else I've learned in my walk and in my journey with Christ is you're more than likely a lot of times to develop and to deal with just as much opposition from those inside of the church, inside of the family, than those outside of the family. Because what happens a lot of times is when someone gets on fire for Christ, it makes people uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable when people are on fire for Christ because they're not. And instead of catching on fire themselves, they're going to do everything they can to put a wet blanket on that and to calm you down because you don't need to get too excited. Don't get too fired up about God. You're being too loud for Jesus. It's exactly what these people did. Those who were leading the way, those who were with Jesus, looks over at this man who cries out for Jesus and says, you need to be quiet. Don't ever let anyone tell you to be quiet when it comes to your faith. 
when it comes to your, your, your love for Jesus, when it comes to your desire to serve Jesus, don't ever let anyone tell you to be quiet. And this guy did just that. He wasn't going to allow that. He wasn't going to allow that. We'll get to that number three here in just a second. Look at what he does. It says, but he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. I have a tendency in my own life that when I've had people tell me it can't be done, which is just another way of saying be quiet. We can't do this because. We'll never grow because. We can't change because. When you tell me those things, I have a tendency to take it and go, challenge accepted. And the kingdom of God never tell me it can't be done. Why? Because of the Savior that we serve. Never tell me to be quiet. Because if you tell me to be quiet, I'm going to shout all the more. The, 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 the wording here is, I love, the, the word that they translate shout here is the word crazo. Now what does that sound like? Crazy. They tell this guy to be quiet and he just goes crazy. He goes, you're not going to tell me to be quiet. I'm not here for you. You see, we get that sometimes, don't we? We think that people have come to see us and not the Savior because I'm leading the way. Now he says, I'm not here for you. Let me make you make sure you know who I'm here for. So he goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Don't ever let anybody tell you to be quiet. And when they do, accept it as a challenge to be even more on fire for our Savior. Let's go to number three here. Jesus is never too busy to pause and help you. Jesus is never too busy to pause and help you. There were probably hundreds of voices that were crying out to Jesus in this moment. There were probably hundreds of voices that he could hear. He's, he's, he's God, okay? He's God. And he has these godly abilities. And I'm sure in some way, I, I say I'm sure, I would imagine that in some way, he has the ability, if he can hear a man's thoughts, then he can hear voices in a crowd and distinguish them. But he hears this one. He hears this one. Out of all of these people, he hears this one. And I want you to understand that this morning. That Jesus is never too busy to pause and help you. You. As an individual. As a single person. In this world full of billions of people, our God, our Savior, hears your voice. When you cry, He hears you cry. When you praise, He hears you praise. When you have questions, when you have doubt, He hears you. When you have needs that you bring to Him, He hears those needs. Don't ever think that you're not important enough to God 
to be heard because Jesus is on his way to be crucified for the world and not just the world then, but the world now and the world a thousand years from now if God so desires to let it stand. He had a lot on his mind. And he heard this man's voice. Understand that God hears you and that your voice is important to him. The fourth thing that I want you to understand is you must admit your need in order to be changed. You must admit your need in order to be changed. This may be one of my favorite statements. It's not a statement. It's a question of Jesus in all of Scripture. Let's keep going. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. Now, I would have loved to have seen this moment because the same guys that are saying, hey, hush, Jesus goes, bring him to me. And I wonder what their facial expression was when they were like, okay, let's, good thing you can't see us, you know, he doesn't know it was us. So he bring the, they bring him to Jesus. And Jesus looks at this man, verse 41, says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want for me to do to you? What do you need? Well, duh, I'm blind. You have to ask. Don't you know? Look at me, Jesus. Do you have to ask what I need? What do you want for me? What can I do for you today, Jesus says? Why does he ask him? Because he could have asked for a thousand things. But I think Jesus is making a point to those around. He was going to heal this man only if he what? Admitted what he needed changed in his life. He could, hey, do you, know the, do you know the number of a good eye doctor, Jesus? I've got this condition here. If you could just set me up with a good doctor, we'll take care. Hey, hey, Jesus, you know, I'm blind. I've got a lot of needs that need to be met. If you could just, you know, give me a job, that'd be great. You know, but no, he knew Jesus was there to change his life that day. And he says, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. And I know you can do that. I know you can do that. You know, a lot of us struggle with a lot of different things. And we wonder, God, why in the world am I still struggling with these things? It may be because you've never admitted that you need help. You're wearing these spiritual blinders, these, these sins, these struggles, these temptations. They're just, they're in the way of everything. And you've not ever just looked at Jesus and said, Lord, I want to see. That's what I need. That's what I've got to have for this world, for this life, for this stuff to, to, to make sense. In order for me to do all that I can do, I need you to make me see. And when he admitted that need to Jesus, Jesus healed him. Let's keep going. The Lord said to him, receive your sight, your faith. And I like that phrase too. He doesn't say that he had healed him. What does he say? Healed him? His faith had healed him. Let's go all the way back to number one. Faith is hearing and believing even when you can't see. He had already done everything he needed to do to be healed. It was his faith <coughs> that healed him. His willingness to trust in God and to know that he could change his life. But look at the rest of the story. Because I love it. Because when you see the face of Jesus, you'll follow him everywhere. Immediately, 
he received his sight. And read those last words with me. And followed Jesus. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. And not just followed Jesus, the rest of it said, praising God. He followed Jesus, praising God. These other guys who were in the front of the line, they were too busy pushing people away from Jesus, getting people to stand to the side. This guy's letting everybody know, this Jesus, this guy right here, he healed me. I'm praising Him. I want you to know what He's done for me in my life. I want everybody to know that I once was blind, but now I see. Not because of these guys around me, but because of this man right here. Praise Jesus. Two things that I wonder about us in our own lives. Number one, are we truly following Jesus? Are we truly following Him? These guys who were at the front of the line pushing people out of the way, I get the impression they were with Him, but they weren't following Him. Does that make sense? Hey, I'm with you. I'm in the group. I'm in the pew. I'm at the building. But I'm not really following you. I'm not really doing the things I need to do to bring people closer to you, Jesus. But I look good in the crowd. Are you really following Jesus? Because when you see Him, when you see Him, Truly, when all the stuff's out of the way, when you see Him, you're not going to be able to help but to follow Him. And as you're following Him, are you doing it praising Him and giving Him the glory and the attention that He needs? Because you see, if we're praising Jesus in our life every single day, people are going to see that about us, and they may think we're crazy, and that's okay. But they're going to know that Jesus is the reason that we're crazy. They're going to know that Jesus is the reason that we love more than anybody else. They're going to know that Jesus is the reason that we're more patient than anybody else. They're going to know that the reason we forgive more than anybody else forgives is because of Jesus, because we're praising Him and we're following Him. The end of it says, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. See, that's not my thought. That's not my idea. I'm not telling you it's going to work. Scripture says it is. That when you follow and praise, other people are going to follow you because you're following Jesus. And then they're going to follow Jesus as well. Isn't this an awesome story? We've moved through it very quickly this morning. We've, we've had a lot go on this morning. A lot of good things that have gone on this morning. But nothing better than this amazing story of Jesus. So I ask you this morning, number one, where is your faith? Where is your faith? What is your faith leading you to do? Is your faith leading you to do crazy things even though people around you are saying calm down for Jesus? Listen, you look at the story of the New Testament and in human terms, it's crazy to think about what these men accomplished in the name of Christ. I want to be known as a crazy discipleship follower, man, preacher, Fill in the blank. And I want to give God the praise for it all the way. So where's your faith this morning? Do you have a need that needs to be changed? Are you willing to admit that today? Maybe you're following Jesus. Maybe you're in the crowd, but you're not really following him. Maybe you just need to reshift your focus. And there's not a whole lot wrong in your life other than the fact that your focus needs to shift just a little bit to get back where you need to be. There is a God.
If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 930 and Wednesday evenings at 630. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to listen again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.